Welcome to the 232 Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Carl. This podcast is about books, reading, and the meaning of life. Today we unpack another book because you know what they say. Too many books. Too little time. Welcome back to the 232 Podcast. Episode seven? Seven. Seven. <laughs> Magical Ma- seven. Magical seven. Hey, it is, it's always good to be here. Yeah, great. And um, we've got a, another really interesting book. That It's another book that I heard from a lot of people. You know, like a lot of people have read this book. Yeah. You know, people who I really respect as thinkers. The Good yeah. Ancestor. Yeah, by Roman Krishnarik. Chris Narek. Yeah. Yes. Now he's a really interesting guy. Like yeah, we str- we seem to. It's fascinating. And I, but is this the author thing? You know, like I don't know. Yeah. I think in people's minds, yeah. people think that someone's written a book is just a person who writes the books. Book, yeah. So mm. well, well, he so he's Australian-born philosopher, lives in Oxford, right? And um, you know, is married to the donut economics woman Kate, Kate Rayworth. Yeah. Yes. You love her book. Yes. How much would you like to have dinner with that couple? That- would be interesting. Yeah, I wonder what the kids yeah. <laughs> have to listen to every night. So tell me about the bit you want to talk about, which is oh well, uh, I just found, well once again we found another author. Yeah. Um. He he makes furniture. Yeah. He had time as a gardener, and then we 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 seem to go down these sporting wormholes yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I saw he plays, and he's a very very established. He's one of the world's best at real tennis, yeah, which and is also like, called royal tennis. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what is real yeah. tennis? Have I missed? another sport in the world but so my wife's a huge fan of the Tudors and Henry VIII of course played royal right. tennis and those courts were at places like Hampton Court yes and which you is can probably see where the where name you... came from yeah, yeah. so so I, um, I had a very interesting diversion into YouTube because oh <laughs> I was like well, what's this real tennis thing and I found found what they called the most incredible game of real tennis that's been played but I spent about ten minutes watching wow. this game. It was fascinating. It's, it, yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it's a strange, strange game, it's isn't very, it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, best way to describe it, it's it's the origins <laughs> of tennis, isn't it? In in lots of ways, but the courts are very bizarre. And you you've got a serve off, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, it's a mix of tennis squash. Yeah, but remember, the balls aren't rubber. We talked about mm. this before, mm. right? You could only have. Uh, modern tennis and squash after they invented rubber. Yeah. Right? So the balls they use are this bizarre... But, but the whole serving off the kind of roof where people sit yeah. and, yeah. and all the different yeah. moves. Anyway, so I don't... But maybe it's because he lives in Oxford, right? Yes. You would want yeah, to imagine... Yeah, there's a court there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, right. anyway. Back to the author, yes. back to the book. Um, so he, he... Yes. I mean, this guy lives his values, right? So we're going yeah. to talk about... Absolutely. Um, it's about being a good ancestor. It's about... Uh, how we're colonising the future. And this is what he writes about, empathy, yeah. long-term thinking. Um, well, that's we should say that. The subtitle yes. of the book tells you all you need to know. Mm. It's how to be, uh, how to think long-term in a short-term world. Yes. I mean, that's that's the message, right? Yeah. Um, but this guy, I mean, you know, he um, he was involved with the Long Now Foundation, mm. which I really like, and he worked with Theodore Zeldin. We don't have time to talk about Theodore Zeldin, but I love Theodore Zeldin, The Intimate History of Humanity or Mankind. It's one of the books that blew my mind in the right. 80s and 90s. Wow. And he works for, you know, like yeah. wheels within wheels and connections he, everywhere. Yeah, and these big thinkers. Yeah, uh, Which is great, right? Except then we end up at this position, which I think we're going to go to, which is you think this book's a disappointment. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's... <laughs> I mean, I, I liked it. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about good book, great book. I... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there were bits where I was like, oh, come on. But um, so he's um, he's written five books. Yes. 
So he's been a full-time yeah. writer since 2012. Yeah. And, and very much down this theme of, you know, empathy, long-term thinking. Well, well his and, first book's about real tennis. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, the, of course. The, the, yeah, first about be- the first book. The, the first beautiful game, right? Yeah. 2000, yeah, six. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. You're absolutely, you know, like, mm. um, I would like to have a look at Carpe DM Regained. Mm. Um, you know, I can add it to my reading list, but it's a long list. Yeah, you've got <laughs> yeah. um, um, Adding more to but, your But list. what I mean uh, about yeah. him living his values is I was talking to some people. So, you know, this podcast is in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand. And I was talking to some people about uh, could we get him to come and oh, speak at an right. event. Yes. And he said, I don't go anywhere in the world I can't get to by train. Mm. Right? Thought, well, Which kind of rules out Christchurch, yeah, New Zealand yeah, yeah. from Oxford. Yeah, it? kind yeah. of rules out. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know. So mm. you know, like what you know, he talks about the need mm. to be a good ancestor. We talk, we'll talk about some of his mm. solutions in a minute. Um, but clearly, he's committed to. I'm not. We're not yeah, long, which is, we're, we're not doing long haul flights. Yeah, which is great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think I'm pretty sure Kate's the same. Actually, mm. yeah, I like that. I like She's, the fact they're living their values. Yeah, she beams into things a lot. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, the the point of the book mm. is the notion of colonizing the future, right? That's yeah. that's the the idea that. Future generations that we're impacting with the work that the, the choices we're making now have no mm. voices in those mm. decisions. Mm. So we are happily colonizing the future. Rod Carr told me a story. Um, uh, so Rod Carr, ex VC at University of Canterbury, and then he became the Climate Change Commissioner yes. chair. Yeah. He said every year the world burns through a million years of uh, accumulated fossil fuels. Wow. So every year the fossil fuels we burn are equivalent to a million years of trees decaying. Wow. And those trees only decayed for yeah. 300 million yeah. years. So we'll and, get- that's just, and that's really where this book starts, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the concept, the notion of time and what is. Which is the way the, long, the connection to the long mm. now, right? Mm. Um, but but um, Yeah, and that we are just a blip on a very, very long, 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 beyond fathomable yeah. long. And we're just not, it? and we're not. We're not giving that any voice at and, all. And we're not thinking about what's that's next, ex- isn't it? That's, yeah, ex- which is exactly. the kind of Well, there's this great part. Um, uh, um, there's um, a bit in the book that talks about the algorithm-fueled acceleration of consumer culture, <laughs> the shortening of the attention span, yes. the political preoccupation of next week, the quick returns of boom-bust speculative capitalism, and the endless pursuit of economic growth. Yeah, I just which... Pretty much in a nutshell. It's an indictment, right? It's yeah. an indictment of the world we live in. Mm. Uh, and the consequence of that is, you know. Well, we don't know. And that's, and that's part of this point yeah. as well, isn't it? I'm sorry. Excuse me. Did I just see you smell that book? I like the way you opened the book about, like, where did, where did humans' ability to think in a time travel way yeah. come from? And that was really fascinating, wasn't it? And, you know, there's obviously some theories yeah. in there, but this... The premise of humans that makes us different to other, you know, animals and species is that we have the ability to think in different time dimensions. Yes. So we can think ahead. We can think, yes. what are we going to do yeah, next yeah, week? Totally, totally. What are we doing next yeah. hour? Although I'm just, I've just opened a book called Nature, If Nature Was a Narwhal, which we'll oh, talk right. about another day. Oh. And, and that guy's basically Narwhals arguing, cool. <laughs> that guy's basically arguing, uh, human intelligence might be the dumbest thing that evolution ever. Well, that's with, exactly right, right. and that's what we're starting to maybe question, yeah. isn't it? And that's what I but guess. For, for two reasons: not mm. only is it enabling us to destroy the world, but it's enabling us to justify the destruction mm. of the mm. world. Right. Mm. So that's mm. what. I, but we don't need to talk about Nietzsche and narwhals yet. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about this. So here's the interesting thing, right? Because um, uh, he's Australian, I assume that he was drawing on uh, Maori culture. 
with the notion of being a good ancestor, intergenerational uh, obligations, all of those things. But the, his notion of good ancestor comes from Jonas Salk, who mm. said it in 1955, mm. which is where he got the idea, yeah. which I think is interesting. Yeah. So um, the, the, the couple of things that jumped out at me early in the book was we talk about long-term thinking, but the reality is we're not thinking very long-term. Yes. And, and you know, like death is our usual cutoff. Yeah. So we think long term in terms of the span of our own life. Yeah. And then he says in a political or public context, you say long term thinking and we get to about yeah. 30 years. So I've, you know, like 2050. So I've always thought about this. Now, isn't it? So. I've always thought about this in the debate around nuclear energy. right? Mm. So regardless mm. of how you feel about nuclear energy, uh, hot nuclear waste has a half-life of 10,000 years. Yeah. The United States has been around for 350. That's right. We can't even fathom. <laughs> I just think, you know, like, it just, the, the, yeah. the level of, of, of hubris involved in that just staggers me, right? Mm. But, mm. but And he has a good solution to that, yeah. which is add a zero to the year. Mm. So we're mm. in zero mm. to mm. zero yes. to three. Yeah. And I thought that is brilliant put because it, it immediately puts it into some yeah. different context, yeah. but... Yeah. So that's really cool, right? Because what a lot of the critics of this book said when it came out was he does a pretty good job of identifying the problem. Yes. And a pretty poor job of identifying solutions. Yeah, I think I think that's that's really where I got to as right. well. So so you know like he covers the uh, how to think long. So there's a the the body of the book is how to think long. And he covers six areas, yes. which I thought were really interesting. Yeah. We've been talking about the this this concept that time is way bigger, and we're really significant, insignificant. Yeah, you know, like this, yep. like just being a humility and yeah. Shame. So where's the humility, right? There's yeah, the yeah, humility yeah, yeah, piece, yeah, yeah. isn't yeah. there? So, um, and then the second part, he talks about legacy. Yes, and this is where he touches on Whakapapa and yeah. and the the Maori concepts of you know lineage and yeah. the unbroken life line of connections between generations and past, present, future and things like that. So, um, and this Western thing about death denial and mortality, yeah. you know, like we really don't, yeah. you know, we don't think about death until death oh, we have, comes so and gets we, we us. We totally have to talk about a book called The Denial of Death, but that's mm. another that's another part. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, um, and that's that we're thinking in our lifetime, yeah. aren't we? And, in a, and at best, yeah. when we have children, as you know, you start thinking about their lifetime, but you're yeah. not thinking about the end of your child's life. No, yeah. but if you flip it, right, part of the problem is um, economics, capitalism, industrialization have been such a huge success. Yes. And they've enabled us to do so much. And and people have experienced that and, firsthand, haven't they? Well, so, think about your mm, probably your grandmother's life. Yeah, think about the changes yeah, that occurred yeah. across the 70-odd years that she was alive, or her, her mother's, mm. right? It's just staggering. So the idea that they can go on forever, you know, that somehow... Uh, uh, yeah, but you believe that if you've seen it, that's the challenge we've got, isn't it? Yeah. Is that that's all that anyone's ever known is that yes. rate of progress. Yeah, but so again, yeah. we talked about this when we talked about Hazel Henderson. But you know, the idea that unlimited growth, or that you know that that unlimited growth can go on in a finite environment, mm. is just madness. Mm. You know, anyone that, anyone that believes that exponential growth can go forever is either a madman or an economist. economist. Yeah. Who said that? <laughs> it was Balding. Yeah. Oh, it was Balding. Yeah. Oh, I love. I love. It is a great one. It's a great. So, um, yeah. so we've got. Um, I yeah, I I I have to be a little bit honest, that, yeah. and I think we spoke about this earlier as well. Is that his little meandering into New Zealand? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, that Maori does, culture yes, was yeah. a bit awkward. 
Yes. Well, that's because we're we're much more immersed in it than mm. he is. I wonder if that would be like you and I making a reference to Indigenous American culture, pointing yeah. out some ideas about leadership or something. Yeah. But yeah, if you live here, it's like oh, it's. A, but I, yeah, yeah, I just it didn't feel like he'd actually spent a lot of time, you know, um, researching that. But we'll we'll find that out. Yeah. I guess at some point. What is this obsession people have with books? Intergenerational justice. So we're talking about yeah, um, this in this section. He brings up slavery, and yes. I and that was really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Actually, I didn't realize that in in the time of slavery, that you know slaves were considered 0.6 of a person, mm-hmm. and yeah. and he makes the argument that using discounting, we're only what seventeen years away from basically discounting future lives yes. to the point of slavery yeah. you know that they, yeah, they're totally. only worth so, 0.6 so, or exactly mm, so mm. discounting is a problem right mm. Net present value and discounting all of these models are a problem but the real problem is who speaks for the future yes. and how loud are we letting that voice be yeah right yeah so either we've got to try and change the way we think to yeah. bring more of this in or we start thinking more deliberately about using the voices that we have But this now. is the stuff yeah. you know well, right? This mm. is the precautionary principle, mm. right? You mm. know, like the, why then don't we just use a precautionary principle with everything we do? Mm. So we should we should elaborate on what that is, okay. and that's basically, in a nutshell, what happens if it doesn't yeah. play out? Yeah. You know, sh- should we be a little bit more careful here? Isn't or? this interesting? Because this links nicely to what we talked about when we talked about Adam Grant's work. Yeah, in our last about, episode. About yeah. humility. Yes, and like, thinking again, you yeah. know, like in, in just uncertainty. Just be, be a little bit more humble, right? Mm. I love that. Mm. Um, so, so I like some of his solutions as metaphors. I like cathedral yeah, projects. So yeah. cathedral projects yeah. do something that's going to outlast you. Yes. Right? And I like legacy mindset. Did you – I mean, the little yeah. story about the Japanese Shinto shrines yes. was fascinating, yes. wasn't it? Um, Ize Jingu. Um, they rebuild it every 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that was another little internet wormhole I went down. I was like, oh, wow. okay, I should check this out. <laughs> right. So so the, 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 the place has been around since 690 BC, yep. and they have rebuilt every single shrine and a bridge on the site every 20 years, give or take, bar some interruptions, war, right. all those types of things, but since that time. And wow. it takes them 17 years to do the projects, right. about eight years of construction. Right, so I love that, except... I think the, not well, the way that I well, the, the way I read the point that he, Chris mm. Merrick is making is we should be involved in projects that we'll never see the end of in our lifetime. That's right, and right. and I think that's what he's talking yeah. about there. Yeah. Is yeah. that so? You if you know, think like, about the great cathedrals of the Middle Ages, mm. they took hundreds of years to build. Mm. You know, you would have spent your whole life working on it mm. and never seen the end of it. But also, um, yeah, another Japanese example he used in there is the when the shoguns reforested Japan. Yes. So they had the foresight to see yeah. that that that. Japan had basically been leveled mm. in terms of forestry and all that kind of stuff, and they went, yeah. "This might not end well for us." It's planted trees beyond your lifetime. So this again. is this yeah. is what again yeah. this is what Schumacher said when yeah. we talked about Schumacher in the last series. Well, like, we've got yeah. the oak. We're like we've you yeah. know we've yeah. got the <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you yeah. know, on the cover, you want to yeah. save the world, plant a tree. So the oak on the cover is we we've done a lot, a lot of talking about thinking. We've probably referenced dual process cognition mm. theory, mm. fast and slow, yes. all of that stuff. He has a version of that. Acorn and marshmallow. That's right. Mm. You know, like we want the yes. immediate treat, but we can plant the acorn yeah. to last for the future. Yeah. And we need more acorn mindset and less marshmallow, yeah. marshmallow yeah. <laughs> mindset. Which is nice. Books, books. I need my books. We get through this long-term mm. thinking and how to think long. Yeah. And then we get to the, right. And, and it's peppered with 
examples. Yeah. You know, like I like that. It's Yeah, I, I just want to go back to so um, obviously he's a friend of Tommy Ord, who's the effective altruism guy. Mm. And he references Ord's prediction that there's probably a one in six chance that, you know, the human race become extinct. Oof. Is it in the next hundred years or is it in our lifetime? Does um um probably next century. Years. No. Yeah. Um Toby Ord's estimate is that we have a one in six chance of becoming extinct in wow. the next century. Wow. Yeah, so you want a little call to action. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> what is that, like 18%? You've got well, better than mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An 18% chance. There's <laughs> a cheery thought for all you listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Happy Happy Friday, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm, that's, I mean, there is, and, and it's hard, isn't it? Because some of the stuff is so big. You know, like I've read whole books about, Yes. Some of these topics yes. that, you know, he's done a great job of shushing up into this yeah. argument about long-term thinking and why we need it. Yeah. And yet we still haven't got this sense of crisis or sense Well, human of, beings just aren't, mm, aren't wired for it, right? Mm, we, we, you know, we've talked about this. Human beings are just really, really bad at prospective thinking, you know. Mm, and when we do it, we're terrible at predicting what will actually happen. Mm, you know, mm, we, that's we, right. we, we're, we're wired for optimism bias. We always think things are going to turn out better than they actually are, yeah. you know. We're really good at responding to crises mm. and we're really bad at anticipating them. Mm, um, so it's a, it's a bit of an age-old um, challenge. So this, this is really interesting, actually. It reminds me of the conversation we had about Adam Grant, because uh, I'm relative. I'm not relatively new to this stuff, but but you you know this literature much better than I do, and so you're probably where I was with Adam Grant, which is mm. it's a nice soft entry, but there's a lot of holes in here, and yeah. it's it's you know there's much. Well, you were looking at my woefully inadequate book <laughs> compared to yours, but <laughs> well, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty special. But there case. are books up yeah, there yeah. that you know, like uh, 10, 15, 20 years old that yes. I've been reading that have talked about these yeah. issues and and. They well, are still, they still hold true. And Schumacher know, like, that we mm, covered last week. And Schumacher, yeah, from the 70s. But for me, as a way into this conversation, and so, so I can work yeah, with corporations yeah. using this or organizations. Yeah, maybe. And the, as a metaphor, you've got to be a better ancestor. Mm, it is a great uh, a metaphor. Yeah. It is a very, very, yeah, strong metaphor, isn't it? But when you start reading the reviews of this, they're. Mm. they're I haven't actually read any reviews. Oh, so yeah. let, me, let, me, let me give you some uh, lines out of The Guardian. Uh, uh, Krishnarik provides a rather uncomplicated polemic Ooh. that, ironically, is well suited to the polarized and simplified discourse. <laughs> oh, oh, and what about this one? This one, and this is true, and this is both a strength and a weakness. Yeah, there is more than a whiff of the TED Talk homily to much of Krishnarik's prose. Wow, that's yeah. not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, so. I, I think that's the strength and the weakness. Yeah, like well, you, yeah, it, you've got it all bundled up in a book, yeah. but the fact that it's bundled up in a book is not enough for some people, is it? Yeah. And and also, it does take one. Well, uh, you know, it's not a side, but it is a, perspe- a perspective that people hold. Gaston, may I have my book, please? There is something that jumped out at me yep. in this book, which I think is part of the problem, and this this starts to feature towards the end of his. Um, but this concept of the Overton window, I've oh, never heard of the Overton oh, window. And sorry, I, think, I should have talked about that. We yeah. use that all the time. In our, mm, so it's from mm, politics, right? Yes. We use it all the time in our yeah. work, which is every organisation, every society has a window that determines what ideas are perfectly acceptable, yes. perfectly sensible, ideas which are radical and unthinkable. Yes. So that's the range of policies that are yes. acceptable yeah. in mainstream politics at a given time. Yeah. And we've lived through a time 
you know, in in the last ten years where we've seen, for example, climate yes. as an issue yeah. go from being a very core issue in a more left yes. political yeah. sense that's now meandered into the middle and it's now everyone and if you don't really have a perspective on it then except yeah. right and, and Christian Eric makes this point short termism is baked into neoliberalism mm. and, he, and across the western world even left wing parties mm. you know saw, still have a whiff of neoliberalism yes. and so you, know, you think about what's happened in New Zealand in the last 6 months we've seen a, a you know a labor government that wanted to be transformative move back to the center yes. and and sacrifice yeah. and a, this a is bunch this, of long term thinking as that's well. right yeah and this is this overton yeah. window yeah. isn't it and yeah. it's that tension of the now now mm. now I can only see what's in front of me. But if you don't take mm. everybody with you, mm. like, you know, I think what we've mm. seen in New Zealand mm. is Absolutely. we had a transformative government that just didn't take the bulk of the population mm. with them. And the bulk of the population go, I don't want this. Yeah. Even though they're going, you know, we've seen the future. It looks like this. Yeah. And we've seen it so many times around the world, haven't we? We're, you know, yeah. And, and that's really what he starts to call out. One of his, um, one of his ideas at the end of the book is this concept of deep democracy. Yes. And, I found that really, I mean, there was a lot of really good stuff in there about um, thinking about cities rather than countries, yep. which I think, you know, and on the premise that cities are closer to the action, closer to the people, yep. you can do things that are more effective and actually translate into something changing for people a lot yeah. more effectively than the further up in but structures. That's such, but that is such a radical political change, isn't it? Like well, you think Moving away it. from nation states to... Yeah, to, to and we've already seen states. the tension that exists yeah. in that. But but citizens' assemblies, yes. that's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the You know, these these roles that are starting to pop into government, the guardians, he calls them guardians for the future. Yeah. And, you know, the Welsh Minister of Children, yes. which I think is amazing. Oh, think yeah. Well, you, you think, think about, about yeah, in, that, in family court in New Zealand, mm, when, when, a, when a couple gets divorced, mm, the courts appoint a lawyer for the children that mm, represents the children's mm, interests. And that's the theme that runs through the book, the yes. notion of intergenerational rights. Yeah. Like we don't have... a Real and how do we, you know, like how yeah. do we change our institutions, which is the slow part, yes. isn't it? That's the yes. hard part. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's really interesting because it's easy to buy into the rhetoric and agree with all of the stuff. But actually, then every day, like, I mean, you know, yes. what is the, the R- machine carries yes. on, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do the planning laws say about intergenerational rights? Yeah. You know, for instance. Yeah. And, and I didn't know this in Tunisia, 25% of list candidates and political parties have to be under 35. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, I think of yeah. like, that's, a, that's a very yeah. – that could be an easy switch an easy to switch. flick on. So this goes back to the Tuesdays with Maury conversation about when we were talking about, mm. um, you know, having the group of people around. And you said yeah. some of your mentors are deliberately young. Mm. Like I love the idea of bringing in, uh, you know, younger voices and different voices. Yeah. But you've got to give them – Decision right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it can't just be a voice. Yeah, yeah. It can't just be, oh, well, yeah, thanks Thanks for the chit-chat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Did I just see you smell that book? All right. So a good book. I think I know where this is going to go. Good book, great book, average book. I'm between good and great as an entree. Yes. And as a, as a great way to spark further conversations. Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is not the last word. No, 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 no. And and like you said, I think we need more discussion around solutions. Yes. And not just discussion or thinking about <laughs> solutions, but actually moving towards... But, but you, yeah. the reason I like it is you can't... We, we can't have a decent conversation about solutions until we agree there's a problem, mm. right? Mm. And so this is a nice way of pushing people off balance 
and help. Yeah, so you talked about and yeah. think again. The, I like the, pushing the, people the pushing up, people yeah. off balance in a, in a lovely, friendly, yes, supportive two way. Two hands, just <laughs> gently pushing you off your centre, so we can bring you back. So mm. I'm between good and great. Mm. Um, I, I, I utterly agree with all of the the critics I'm reading. It is, you know, it's a little bit light. Does skip over some things. I do like, feel like it kind of ends in the marshmallow. Kind of just like. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a thing in psychology yeah. called a peak end rule, right? Mm. Which is so important for almost anything. Which is you got to leave people. Well, you, the, yes. so people remember two things yes. with any interaction. They remember the best and the worst parts of the peak, yeah. and they remember what happens at the end. Yes. So you've got to fin- have a big finish. Yeah. You've got to have a big finish. Yeah. And you don't think this had a big finish? I don't. I, I think it. I, yeah. I. I. Yeah. I just didn't think it was quite there. Okay. Yeah. So are you leaning to good, or are you yes. leaning to average? Oh, no, no. I think it's good because, I mean, this is big territory to explore. Okay. Like, I, I I take my hat off to anyone that explores yeah. this territory. And yeah. and some of the, you know, like, I've, re- I've read lots and lots of things, yeah. but I'd never really heard of seventh generation thinking. Yeah. You know, like, there's some great concepts that... So here's a thought. Why don't we... Why wouldn't you teach this book at high school? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, oh, no, I yeah, think you should. I think, I think... Absolutely. I think this is the kind of book... That could really help the yeah, next generation yeah. understand their obligation. And I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and the good thing about it is it cuts across yeah. stuff. We're not dealing with silos yes. because this is about systems thinking. This is big. Uh, yes. And I think you know absolutely. I'd, I'd say that's okay. that's a really good way to think of it. Um, one little gem, and I'll put a link to this. Um, he he refers to. Um, he talks a lot about art and music, and and some of those examples are great. But he refers to a work by um, Yoshiaki Mikami, which is where he took pictures of animals, and based on the numbers of the species that are left, so particularly animals that are going distinct, um, extinct, he reduced the pixel count based on the number oh. of animals that are left. And I saw the images yesterday when I was um yeah were, again <laughs> they, some of these were, books were they horrifying. It's a it's a, it's a yeah. very profound yeah. and and quite moving. You know, when you can see a very clear picture of an animal because there's a lot of them left, yeah. and then some of them you can't you can't make out anything. Oh, wow. It's like an abstract piece of art with twenty coloured tiles that you can't even make out what it is. Yeah. Um, so I I f- will put a link to that in the yeah. um, show notes. But I th- you know I. That was one of the real strengths of the book is the examples and coming yeah, so, away feeling yeah. like so. That, what I love about that is you know extinction. Extinction should be one of those words that make us all make the hairs on the back of yes. your neck stand up. Yes, like especially the numbers. Yeah, like yeah. extinction is one of those words that we've kind of emptied of all its meaning. It's almost like Holocaust or mm. genocide. Those are words that we should be you know. Yeah, they should be, make us go. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and then what are we going to do? Yeah. to make sure that. You know, what, can yeah. we, what can we do about that? Yeah. Like knowing that extinction is a thing and species are heading for extinction. But we, I think we get lost in the magnitude and the numbers yeah. and the, the extent of things. You know, it's so but, just but, you know, numb, isn't extinction it? is forever. Yes. Forever, yeah, that's forever, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay. So back I just to some to, time humility. So the other thing is if you do like this book, Go and have a look at the Long Now yes. Foundations in yes. San Francisco because I love what they're doing as well. Yeah, it's um, fascinating, yeah. isn't it? And some of these pieces of art, like I, I, I started to build a world, <laughs> a world tour. Right. I was like, oh, actually, I'd love to see that. Okay. You know, like something that's going to go for 10,000 years Absolutely. as a piece of art. I'm like, wow, that'd be amazing How do we, to yeah. go and see that. So anyway, um, that's The Good Ancestor yeah. by Roman Krasnarek. And um, good, good to great. You know, we we got there, but really worth a read if you if you're new to this territory. Totally, and you want a bit of a shake. 
Yeah. You want Carl's hands on your back, giving you a push. <laughs> Pushing you off balance. A little bit of yeah. discomfort, yeah. yeah. All good books. Yes. All good books. Yes, exactly. Should, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I think all good books should make us a little bit uncomfortable. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, all thanks right. again, Carl. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to the 232 Podcast. We'll be back soon with another book, unpacked, distilled and unhinged. But until then, stop, stop read and, and repeat. repeat.